Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code name Zibby20 for a limited time. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby. I'm the host, Zibby Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Zibbyverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Zibbyverse, and we're going with it. Go to zibbyowens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens. Tia Williams is back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books for her novel, A Love Song with Ricky Wilde. Tia has a 15-year career as a beauty editor for magazines including Elle, Glamour, Lucky, Teen People, and Essence. In 2004, she pioneered the beauty blog industry with her award-winning site, Shake Your Beauty. She won the best-selling debut novel, The Accidental Diva, and penned her two young adult novels, It Chicks and Sixteen Candles. Her award-winning novel, The Perfect Find, is a Netflix movie starring Gabrielle Union. Her novel is a New York Times bestseller and Reese Witherspoon book club pick, Seven Days in June, published by Grand Central. Tia currently lives with her daughter and her husband in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, Tia. Thanks so much for coming on to discuss a love song for Ricky Wilde. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to talk to you again. Me too. Okay. A love song for Ricky Wilde. I read it right when I first got this galley like forever ago. And now I'm like, wait, what was that book? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it's so great. Before the holidays, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited. Yeah. I was so excited and so good. I love the way you write. Anyway, tell everybody what it's about, please. So it is a modern day fairy tale about a free-spirited florist who moves from Atlanta to Harlem to open a flower shop and realize her dream. And when she's there, she meets a very mysterious musician and they fall passionately in love and lust and all of it. (laughs) And they doubt that their lives are inextricably linked in very interesting, enchanted ways. And there is voodoo, there's leap year magic, because it actually takes place this February, which is a leap month. And so there's a touch of magical realism. Love it. And where did this come from for you? Well, it's funny. I've never had a book idea come to me like this, but I have insomnia. I was up one night and these like disparate ideas and themes like dropped out of the sky. So it was like haunted piano, voodoo curse, Harlem Renaissance, mysterious musician, and a florist and an enchanted brownstone go. (laughs) I like had to figure out how to, you know, make a story out of these elements. And yeah, and I, I did, which... And I was really nervous to present this to my agent and my editor because it's a little bit different than what I usually write. I mean, it's definitely a me book. It has all the, 
you know, sparkly dialogue and steam and big high stakes love, but I'd never written, you know, anything with a touch of magical realism before. So I was a little nervous. Well, it seems like that didn't stop you in the slightest. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went for it. I definitely <laughs> Would you work in a flower shop or own a flower shop if given the choice? Like, do you like to arrange flowers, decorate, find or any of it? It's funny. I did not grow up in a flower house. Like, I don't know, like, the names of flowers, like, the genre and breeds of flowers. But in my other life, I was a beauty writer for a million years for fashion magazines, but also for brands. So, And I um, was an executive editorial director at Estee Lauder companies. And so I was writing a lot of ads for perfumes. I was naming fragrances, writing ad copy for it. And to do that, you obviously have to learn about ingredients. And so many of the ingredients in perfumes are florals. And so I had to learn, you know, the story behind a lot of the the notes in these fragrances, how the, the flowers were, you know, cultivated, where they grow, what time of year, all that. And I was writing about a fragrance that had night blooming jasmine. And I thought that was the most romantic thing, like the idea that it's kind of asleep during the day. It's like dormant during the day. And as soon as it gets dark out, it blooms. <laughs> oh, I was so into that. And so that's honestly where, you know, there's a night blooming jasmine sort of sub theme happening in the book. And that's also where I got the idea of Ricky being a florist, because I got so interested in flowers as I was writing perfume copy. I worked at... Unilever back in the day launching the Vera Wang fragrance. <laughs> you know. I know. And we had to go to perfume like nose training and at IFF and all of that and smell all the sticks. Yep. And sniffing the coffee beans in between yep. to yep. realize those so you can smell the the scents accurately. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, totally fascinating. Well, there's still something so uplifting. You can't think about flowers without getting uplifted. And I love how you then use that as a setting for all the rest of it. And as you were talking about all the different elements, I was like, this would be such a great writing school thing to just like chop out a bunch of things like that. Haunted brownstone or like scary fireplace or whatever. And people just pick out a few and then go. That's how they write their novels. Yeah. That's actually a great idea. Right. You should start that. You should do like creative writing exercise. Yeah. yeah. Good creative writing exercise. So following seven days in June, how did you approach, you had all these ideas and then what happened? You woke up after not sleeping or you didn't wake up. And like, how did you approach writing this? How much time do you spend outlining books like this versus just going for it? Like, what, how do you do it? Well, I'm, I'm not a just go for it writer. Like, you know, the pantser versus plotter plotters are are people who have outlines and they figure out the plot and they have it all laid out before they write. A pantser is someone who flies by the seat of their pants and just writes. And I'm definitely a plotter. So before I write a book, I have to sit with it for a while because I have to research. I have to know what happens. I need an outline to tell myself what the story is so that I know how to bring it to life. So yeah, I had to do a lot of research. Harlem Renaissance, I've always been obsessed with, so I didn't have to do a lot there in terms of the historical aspect, but I don't know Harlem very well. And it's hard for people who don't live in New York to understand that a Brooklyn girl wouldn't know Harlem. It's it's all New York, right? What's the big but Brooklyn people and Harlem people just it's far. <laughs> it's far. 
train. It's fun. I dated a guy in Harlem in my early 20s and it felt like a long distance relationship. <laughs> it's far and it's different. It's a different vibe. It's a so I was taking the train and just walking around Harlem like a tourist. Like I was new to New York because I don't know those streets. I don't. And so while I was walking around, just kind of researching the vibe, there's this interesting thing about Harlem where you're just walking down, you know, a random street and then you'll see a blink and you miss it little plaque that'll say on a building that'll say something like, oh, Billie Holiday was discovered here singing at 14 in 1929, you know, and those are all over the place. And it's like almost like being in Pompeii. It's like a city built over a city. Like there's so much history, you know, and I, I got so interested in that aspect of this, you know, of this place where you have the modern reality of it, but, you know, the magical past lives with it. Sometimes I think about that too, having lived in New York basically my whole life, how many times I've walked past the same things, which versions of me at different times, do they, are they even still there? You know, just like in the, you know, (laughs) I don't know, time becomes such this crazy concept when you think too much about place versus souls and all the rest. Yeah. I sound crazy, but. Oh, that, I mean, that's part of what inspired this book. Like, you know, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And in the book, The Shining, it's very much about like, you know, the people in the hotel aren't haunted. The hotel is haunted Mm -hmm. because memories have heartbeats and they're real. And, you know, the lives that were there always be there, like pieces of them. And so I think that that's like an interesting Gothic sort of idea. Yes. Little did you know, it was so gothic underneath this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Very tame exterior. Anyway, there's a whole other sort of plot line of when you're essentially a black sheep of the family, right? Like when you go against what everybody else thinks or when people aren't believing in you or how do you really stake your claim on a creative passion if you don't have the support or how do you know when to give it up or to go for it and all of that. So talk to me about that. So Ricky Wilde is the youngest of four girls in a very, very aristocratic family. She's like the youngest by 15 years or something. And she has these three older sisters and they are very fancy, very bougie, socialites, Ivy League, married the right guys, you know, all went into the family business, which is funeral homes. And they just played by the rules and did everything right. And she's like the Denise Huxtable of the clan. Like she just cannot get herself to care about funeral homes, nor feel, nor does she feel like she has to. You know, mm-hmm. she's the kind of person who doesn't want to just exist. You know, she wants to taste life, enjoy life, pursue her passions. And she's just always the only thing she likes about funeral homes is the flowers. And I think for her, it was like a matter of life and death. If you, if she stayed there, you know, working the family business, you know, wearing the suit, doing everything that was expected of her, she would experience a soul death. And to her, life is too short. And she wanted to really, you know, experience it to the fullest. And so she took a big chance and took off. And, you know, much to the chagrin of her family, who was, they were basically like, well, you're disowned. But, you know, for people like Ricky, you know, like I said, it's, it's almost like a, a death if you're stuck in a box your whole life and you can't, you know, fully realize who you are. And I've always been interested in people and characters that do that because 
I'm more like her sisters. I'm very careful. I'm very, you know, make the to-do list, check everything off. You know, I have a hard time trying things that I don't already know I'll be great at, which is very limiting. And yeah, I myself am inspired by Ricky just going, you know, up to Harlem to start a brand new life, not knowing anyone, never having owned a shop or been an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an exciting personality to have, you know, to be like that. Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Isn't it amazing you can just write and be whatever you feel like? Like, okay, I'm going to make up for all the flaws in my personality by creating this person over here. Isn't that great? That is so easy. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did when I was growing up. When, you know, when I had a bad day at school, I would come home and rewrite it, rewrite the day in my favor. And so that's something I've always done. Like, well, the world doesn't look the way you want it to, or maybe you're not, you don't look the way you want yourself to. And so you can make anything real when you write fiction. Is there anything about your life now that you would be rewriting if you could? Um, I would like to be the kind of person that works out always <laughs> working out and sticks to schedule and you know is devoted to moving their body in some way every day instead i'm extremely sedentary and no one's getting younger over here and i have got to figure out how to incorporate a workout regimen that makes sense well if you figure <laughs> it out let me know <laughs> The other day, I, I just thought about the concept of exercising and how I used to do it every day during like a certain period of my life a long time ago. And I was like, it's not even like on the menu for anymore. Now it's like, should I even shower or not? That's how. That's how. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so pathetic. Well, tell me more about your next project, which you handed in. I guess that's the next one coming out. What is that about? I just handed it in two days ago. Like I cannot at five in the morning. I just. Oh my gosh. So my next project is a YA novel. Ooh. Starring 
Audrey Mercy Moore, who is the daughter of the protagonist of Seven Days in June, my last novel. So in Seven Days in June, she was a precocious 12-year-old, and now she's a precocious 16-year-old in this book. So, And it's a rom-com. It's her at the summer after her junior year in high school. And she realizes that she is pretty uptight. She's the class president. And, you know, the debate club president and this and that and, you know, straight A's and very, very ambitious and type A. And she's like, well, do I know how to have fun? And so she hires this guy who's like this adventurous kid she knows that goes to a different school. She hires him to teach her how to have fun. Wow. Well, that must have been very fun to write. (laughs) It was was definitely, yeah, it's a good time. And I love Audrey. So it was fun to, you know have time with her again. So do you feel sad when you're done and it's handed in? I mean, I'm sure there'll be work to be done on as there is with like everything and going through all different rounds or whatever, but to, that you've gotten the characters sort of fully formed and sort of released them out into the world. Do you feel a little sad? Yes. Oh, my babies. Like I, you want to stay in the world, but I have to say that I, I do think that I'm not done with Audrey yet. Like I oh, feel okay. like college novel or you know something she's just such a funny interesting little character you know she has a she wants to be a famous celebrity therapist when she grows up and so since school she has a side hustle where she charges her friends to give them advice and so her perspective on things is really funny because she's not an adult and she's not a therapist but she thinks she knows everything about everything (laughs) Yeah. She's like Lucy and Charlie Brown, right? Doesn't she? You know how she sets up on the corner? Yeah. The doctor is in. Doctor is in. Oh my gosh. I love it. And do you have, do you make time to read when you're in the midst of all of the writing or not really? Fortunately, no, I can't because I start sounding like whoever I'm reading. Because <laughs> when I'm, when I'm in the writing mode, I'm very, I'm a sponge. I think all writers are like when they're writing, because you have to absorb what's happening around you. Cause that's, that's, what inspires you, you know, people's conversations, stories people tell you, like you have to stay really open when you're writing. And yeah. So when I read someone else's work, I start like accidentally plagiarizing, (laughs) but like tone plagiarizing, like, you know, you take someone's sound. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't. Yeah. I can't read any fiction while I'm writing, but so I have a little bit of a break now. So I'm excited to, to read now. So you don't work out and you don't read while you're writing. So what do you do to like get away from the computer and relax or get in, out of that headspace? I watch Real Housewives of every city. Amazing. <laughs> it just, I zone out and I watch these like yapping harridans and it just, it feels so good. Sometimes I have them on while I'm writing. It's just like white noise. Do you have a favorite character from any of the housewives? Favorite housewife? I think I love, well, I love Sonia Morgan from New York. I think she is just, was made for this. And I hate love all of the Beverly Hills housewives. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Potomac. I love Karen Huger. Oh my God. And and Dr. Wendy. Yeah, I could go on and on and on. (laughs) I feel like this might be another career move for you. You know, you can have a little cameo on one of these shows. (laughs) Call up Andy Cohen. Like, let's see, get you on there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
the benefit for the novelist and da, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's while I'm writing, that's how I chill, but I'm definitely, I, I, I'm going to read a lot while I have this break. While you're touring for this book and massively mm-hmm. promoting it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you won't be busy. Well, you know, you have time. Well, and you know, uh, I'm going to try to read before I go to sleep every night. So, And which tour stops are you or which conversation partners from the tour are you excited about, want people to know about and all of that? Well, I'm really excited to, the first stop is in Brooklyn next week on February 6th. Oh, I don't know what day this year, the podcast. I don't either, I don't either. <laughs> but hopefully very soon. <laughs> I'll be speaking with Tessa Bailey, who is fantastic. And I was her conversation partner when she was coming around for her tour. Oh, which book was it? Secretly Yours, I think. And I love her. She's so much fun. I'll be speaking with Taylor Jenkins Reid, who's amazing. Kennedy Ryan, who's a friend of mine. Yeah, a lot of a lot of great uh, events planned. And I'm excited to go to some of these cities because I've never, there's some I've never been to. I've never been to Tucson. I've never been to Cincinnati, you know. There's another one I've never been to. Oh, I've um, never been to Savannah. So a list of, I've heard Savannah is a great eating city. So I have a list of places to go. So I'm excited. Good restaurant. I'm going to go to Tucson and Cincinnati too. So maybe I'll see you. (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, I'll see her. Yeah, Cincinnati just for the day or Winter Institute as a publisher, you know. I'm making the rounds. Uh, yeah. yeah, Tucson, I'm really excited about. I feel like I was there maybe as a kid or something, but I haven't been. So I could use some nice weather, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Doldrums here. Anyway, so what advice do you have for aspiring authors? I would say to not try to follow trends. And if you're a romance author, don't get so caught up in tropes. Just write, you know, the book that tickles you, write the book that doesn't exist yet you know, write the book that lives inside you. But when you start doing a bunch of market research and, you, and, you, and you're too plugged into what the market is demanding right now, first of all, by the time your book comes out, everyone will be on to something else anyway. The best thing to do is just go with what you're really interested in at the time and try not to think about who's going to be reading it and why they're going to be reading it. I'd never think about those things. That's not your job as a storyteller, I think. Yeah. So that's my advice. Amazing. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you for a love song for Ricky Wilde. Thank you for having me. So fun. No problem. My pleasure and good luck. And I'll see you on on your tour. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye, dear. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.